have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? It looked great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we, we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast Special Edition. This is the mid-season awards show here presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. This week we are handing out awards to the dynamic duo that stacks upon stacks when it comes to fantasy football. Your biggest fantasy miss. We're going to talk about the guys that we missed on here so far this season. Players that we wish we had drafted. We're going to talk about some of the biggest busts so far this season. We're going to talk about the most underrated players. We're also going to talk about some sleepers, some rookie of the years, and of course, we're going to talk about our fantasy football MVP and many more awards that we're going to hand out here over the next 20 minutes or so. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. And Major, we're going to start the show off looking at you here, and we're going to start off with the best, the dynamic duel. That's the best combination from the same team. You can stack it any way you want it. Who you got going for it? Yeah, you guys did a good job with, with, your, with your selection, so I had to dig a little bit, and I... I decided to go with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Like, what what a difference a wide receiver makes. Like, just as recent as this offseason, there were talks of Jalen Hurts not being a man in Philadelphia. They were, like, kind of looking around for other people. And then all of a sudden, they trade for A.J. And Hurts looks like the season vet MVP candidate. But uh, Hurts is ranked fifth now at quarterback, and Brown is seventh ranked receiver. So, I, you got two top 10 people there. I'm going to go with those two for my uh, dynamic duo. That's a tough one to argue. I mean, many people talk about how Josh Allen took that next step with Stefan Diggs. A lot of people make that comparison for A.J. Brown for Jalen Hurts so far this season. Now, Tara, you stuck with an oldie but at a goodie. One of those dynamic duos that has been at the top of the game for several years now. Who do you got for us? It's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You literally just can't go wrong with that combination. Travis Kelsey is averaging nearly 21, like basically 21 fantasy points per game. That is nearly uh, literally more than doubling the production of any tight end outside of the top 10. That is wild. He just gives you such a positional advantage. He's separated himself from Mark Andrews as well. And Patrick Mahomes is a guy who was, you know, drafted sometimes as QB4, QB5, as people were reaching for guys like um, preferred Justin Herbert and even Kyler Murray. Uh, And here we've got Patrick Mahomes, who is yet again sitting right there behind Josh Allen. So what a combination right there. You you just can't go wrong with them. No, I mean, it's a solid combination there, especially when you're talking at value-based drafting there and what the difference between Kelsey versus Mark Andrews and then versus the number three tight end, who I think is Zach Ertz right now, as far as fantasy is concerned. There's a huge drop-off there. But for me, hey, sometimes I like myself a good old triple-decker sandwich. I like to stack upon a stack upon a stack and change the rules of the show, whatever I will. So I'm going to go with Tugavaloa, Tyreek Hill, and let's throw in Jalen Waddle into this mix as well. Hill and Waddle are on record-setting paces there as duels themselves, and Hill personally has 1,104 receiving yards this season. That's more receiving yards than the receivers for the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Texans, the Giants, the Bears, the Ravens, and the Titans. Tua Tugavlo is also the first 
person in Dolphins history with consecutive 300-plus passing yards, three touchdown performances, and zero interceptions. That's right. Not even the great Dan Marino had accomplished that feat. Now, he had accomplished games where he threw for more than 300 yards in consecutive games, but we talk about Tua Tagovailoa's accuracy. No interceptions. That's something that even Marino hadn't accomplished. Now, Tagovailoa has made, when you look at the first five full starts, weeks one and two, plus weeks seven, eight, and nine, he is averaging 24.9 fantasy points per game, which is more than the QB3 right now, which happens to be Jalen Hurts. So for me, give me Tagovailoa, give me Hill, and give me Jalen Waddle because I like to stack my stacks a little bit higher than the rest of y'all. Now, that's how we see the best combination so far breaking down through weeks one through nine right now, entering week number 10. If you agree with us, let us know. If you don't agree with us, drop it in the comment. What is the best stack going on right now in the National Football League? Now, hey, we love accountability as much as anybody on the show here. Uh, fantasy receipts, you don't have to look very far if you want to find something stupid that I've said because literally I've said enough. I mean, it's easy enough to find something stupid that I put out there. But some of our biggest misses so far this season – Major, what is that big miss for you so far that you've noticed here through 10 weeks of the season or nine weeks of the season? Yeah, I was wrong about uh, good old Austin Eckler there. You know, in the offseason, I was adamant about him falling off and due to age and usage and also thought that Jalen uh, Herbert was going to actually be throwing the ball a lot more and be, you know, the the reins of the offense are going to be handed off to him. Um, but – yeah, he's now leading the league in pretty much everything. So, and I hate when Tara's right, but you know the saying, Tara's right twice a day. Is that one of those things? All day, all day, every day. Twice a day, like a broken clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I command you on that because I wasn't going to give her the the victory on this one. So I made sure not to use Austin Eckler in mind, but I'm with you. I, I faded Austin Eckler a little thing. bit. I'll take my victory. I still stand by the fact that he's not a running back. I'm going to still put it out there. It's like considering like Danny Woodhead a running back way back in the day. It just never happened. Now, I don't mean to not just compare Austin Eckler to Danny Hood. You know what? Let me let me stop myself before I extend our show. Yeah, yeah, we we got a time on the show, guys. Well, we'll take this up um, in the parking lot after the show. Sounds good. Well, speaking of the parking lot, if we're playing a little street ball, who's that? Who's that running back? I guess Tara for you that you'd be letting play let NFL blitz right now that you may have faded earlier on this season. Yeah, and I'm I'm 100 okay to admit that I was very wrong about fading CMC, and it's not that I doubted the talent. I mean, I was just genuinely scared of drafting a guy who literally has not made it through two seasons in a row. Good for him that he is making it through. We're halfway through. Let's pull through CMC um, and make it through the end of the season and prove Tara wrong even more because this is good to see. Um, you know, granted, although it didn't hurt me because me fading CMC only resulted in me doubling, like tripling, quadrupling down on Austin Eckler. So, hey, man, it's been a good season for me regardless. <laughs> party foul. Party foul. You can't be wrong and then say I was right. I, Whatever. Don't. Come on, dude. <laughs> I was Party wrong, but it, but it went just fine for me. I'm on it, so yeah. Um, fading CMC. That was that was my where I should what I where I went wrong. That was my miss, but I was still right, so it's okay. <laughs> and for me, I'm going to stick with the running back theme here because Derek Henry was my most likely to bust first round selection there, and clearly 
That has not happened. I was worried about A.J. Brown no longer being there to draw away at coverages, and I was worried about those five screws in his foot. I'll be honest with that. Now, the fact of the matter is he leads the NFL in eight with rushing yards there with 870. He sits in the top five in PPR format scoring. Despite not being able to catch a ball out of the backfield, he's still one of the top five running backs in PPR scoring. He has five straight 100-yard games there and nine rushing touchdowns in nine games. Yeah, I would say that's pretty much a non-bust. Now, I will give an honorable mention to my mocking of Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I'm still not on board with him having a successful season yet. I still think there's lots of time for him to uh, flake out as we go on. But you know what? So far, he's had some ups and downs. And I would say a majority of his games, he's looked better. So I will give him that credit there. He has been better than I have anticipated him being so far this season. Yeah, we got a timeout, guys. We need a timeout because you guys are not playing right. Like, you guys are not playing the game right. You're either wrong <laughs> Or you're right. You can't be wrong and right at the same time. Let's choose a side and stick to it. Continue, Matt. Or you you were wrong and it was all right. (laughs) So speaking of being flat out wrong, (laughs) how about we talk about some of the players that we wish we had drafted earlier on the season? Now, maybe that does involve Austin Eckler or CMC or Derrick Henry in my case. But you know what? For the most part, it's going to be someone a little bit different. So, Major, who is that player that you wish you would have drafted here back in August, September, whatever we were looking at. Yeah, it's Nick Chubb. Like, I I have no shares of Nick Chubb, and he's one of my favorite running backs, but no one ever t- talks about him. He's just like this guy that no one even, like, talks about. He's always hanging around the top three running backs, but he doesn't have, like, the big commercials. He doesn't speak much, but he let his talking do all the – he let his plan do all the talking, as I should say. Um, but so far in the season, he's running back two. And I think he can move up when Watson enters. It'll take a little pressure off of him. He's not running against those, like, 12-man fronts anymore. So, um, yeah, it's Nick Chubb. For some reason, uh, he's always seen – I don't really hear too many people talk about him. What were you, Tara? Who's that one player you wish you would have drafted? Uh, You talked about him, Matt. It's Tyreek Hill for me. And that, you know, that hey, that was just stupid on my part because Tua was my breakout quarterback of the year. So logically, I should have been there with Tyreek Hill. The problem was, is I just thought that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle would be inconsistent on a week to week basis, that they would both have, you know, a boom week here for one of them and a bus week here for another. And I didn't want to deal with that. And I just underestimated that they would literally just boom the entire season long. So wish I had some uh, Tyreek Hill. Well, don't worry. If you want some Tyreek Hill, we're going to have a little bit more Tyreek Hill later on in the show. But for me, the player I wish I would have drafted, you mentioned him as part of your stack there as well, and that's Travis Kelsey. More than 40 points ahead of Mark Andrews when it comes to tight end scoring there are 30 points. I mean, there's a considerable distance between the two of them right now. He, he can literally rip dudes' helmets off their head. He can literally throw his helmet whenever he feels like it, and there's not a damn thing that the refs are even going to do to stop Travis Kelsey. That's how good Travis Kelsey has been. Now, he has now officially recorded more 100-yard games in NFL history than any other tight end right now. He is tied with Rob Gronkowski with 32 games of 100 yards, which is one more than Tony Gonzalez there. So any given week, Travis Kelsey will have that record all to himself, and I wish I would have a little piece of that here in 2022 in my fantasy football teams. Now, some other players that maybe we wish we had on our team, maybe guys who are a little bit underrated, so to speak. Who are the most underrated players so far through nine weeks of season? Major, who do you got? Uh, For my most underrated, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. 
Um, since week five, Travis has averaged 107 yards per game rushing. He's balled out enough for the for the Jacks to get rid of James Robinson, who was actually having a pretty good uh season as well. But Travis has he's the way he's doing it too is a little bit different. He's having these monster runs, these long runs, displaying his speed. And the Jags are, I don't think they have unlocked his uh his receiving skills yet. So I think once they add that to to the to the offense, you're gonna see him soar. I think he has that Austin Eckler type where he can have 50 rushing yards and have 200 passing yards. So he's that caliber of player. So let's let's see if they can uh, find a way to unlock that Konami code. Well, that's cute that you're giving credit to Austin Eckler for 50 rushing yards. Now, Tara, who uh, who do you got there as your most <laughs> underrated player so far this season? It's crazy, Major. When you said Austin Eckler, I literally saw Matt's heart grow two sizes too small. It was wild. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> just like he's the he's the PPR football Grinch. Anyway, my most underrated. He's <laughs> a mean one, Mr. Dolly. <laughs> oh, we got to make that shirt. Yes, <laughs> with a picture of Austin Eckler on it. Oh, yeah, someone with design. Uh, someone with obviously we have someone with design skills. <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's make this happen. Um, Derrick Henry is my most underrated, uh, most underrated player. Yeah, he's just he's built different. He's just built different, quite frankly. He's a different, he's a beast of a man. You can't fade him. He will literally be a top five pick next year at age 29. What a physical specimen. Uh, yeah, it's him all the way. Love. <laughs> and I will stick on this running back theory because what, what, why does every running back seem to be underrated? I know, I know Major is going to have like a running back in every single category this week, <laughs> except when it comes to busts. But for me, how about Josh Jacobs? Every year, we want to hate on Josh Jacobs. Like he's some sort of bust there or the poster child for the running back dead zone. And guess what? Guess he sits seventh in PPR scoring amongst running backs. Jacobs has three fourth quarter touchdown scores so far this season. And last week, he only had 67 rushing yards, but 66 of them came after contact and he forced 11 missed tackles on 17 carries. That's tied for the fifth highest single game mark this season per PFF. Now imagine what the Raiders could do with Josh Jacobs if they decided to run the damn ball when up by 17. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna for hello, for hello, my hello. doctor's <laughs> sake and my sake and my medical history, I'm probably just gonna stop talking about that. You know, actually, no, I'll probably bring it up again a little bit later because I am petty and <laughs> I do hold on to grudges. Now no, holding you. on to grudges. If I'm going to hold on to grudge, it's usually because someone has been a bust, like the Raiders, busting 17-point leads. Now, through week nine weeks, Major, who has been the biggest bust in fantasy? I would say C.D. Lamb. Like, being ranked outside of the top 15 for his talent, you know, him being at 19, I don't think he should be there at all. Um, I know they was dealing with some uh, injuries and stuff at the quarterback position. But after they dealt Cooper cup, I was thinking that he was going to be that, that guy there. Yeah. But let's see if he could turn it around and make it back into that top 10 or top 15, even top 10. He has that talent, but just for some reason it hasn't really worked out that way. Cooper rush doesn't exactly scream out fantasy relevancy. In my opinion, I thought see, I did a pretty good job there working with what, uh, he was dealt with. Now we'll see what can happen with Dak back under center. Now, Tara, who's been the biggest bust for you? It's Najee Harris. Najee Harris is an RB3 in average points per game. He is a first round pick. 
who is an RB3. Soak that in. Even CEH and Antonio Gibson, guys that we willingly accepted were, you know, going to be bust in draft season are averaging more points per game than Najee Harris. Wild, but true. Yeah, and I'm going to stick with the running back theme once again. And I, I wanted to go with Cam Akers because, let's be honest, you draft him to be a worst year RB2 this season. He's averaging 3.9 fantasy points per game when he does play. And it's not even because it's injury-related heard feelings here somewhere along the way but then again there's also this guy named jonathan taylor who was the rb1 and he was the first player selected like 95 percent of fantasy drafts sure he's averaging about 11.9 fantasy points per game but that puts him those 11.9 fantasy points per game that puts him as about rb26 right now so the first overall pick i don't expect him to be the 26th rest best running back i'm not even counting his total points i'm talking about his total point is average points per game so i'm not going to give jonathan taylor a pass here and for some reason in the fantasy community we're not giving jonathan taylor enough crap for how horrible he's been i mean we we're used to him being unnoticeable for the first four or five weeks every season except now he's carried this into week nine yeah he's missed some games because of injury but looking at his fantasy points per game numbers RB26, that uh, doesn't cut it for me. He might as well be sleeping. And I'm done with that. I'm, I'd rather take a shot at a sleeper here. And Major, one of these sleepers from the start of the season, you know what? I'm just going to let you go. You know, sometimes when you sleep, you got to wake people up with a little shot. So I got to go with my guy, Ramon Dre Stevenson. Yeah. Welcome back, guys. But going into week one, Ramondre was RB2 on, on a New England team behind uh, Damon Harris. Harris, you know, he played well, but he's had a lot of little nagging injuries here and there. He just left the door open, just cracked enough for Ramondre to get in there and show what he can do. Um, Ramondre is now ranked seventh in fantasy points amongst running backs. Um, and, and that's it. That's my guy. I've been calling it for like two years. Whenever he got drafted, yeah, that's my guy. So Ramondre all the way. That's all right. He's showing, you, Gino. he's showing you you can do it. He's showing you he can do it as a receiver and as a running back. So he has that in his game, kind of like the Austin Eckler thing. But he has the size of, like, Derrick Henry. So, like, he's, he has it all. Yeah, I, I remember when I thought Geno Smith was going to be a good quarterback coming out of college. I guess that means I'm now proven correct now. Kara, uh, who do you <laughs> yes. got as your sleeper of the year? That's how it works. I, I just want to point out that I got into the show sheet first and I made sure that in nowhere in my show sheet, even though I wanted to, because I, you know, I was also on Ramondre Stevenson because I call Patriots running backs correctly in the correct years um, as the redraft Viper queen. Um, but I did not put Ramondre Stevenson anywhere so that I could make sure that major got to do his special Ramondre announcements. I did that for you, major. That's, that's, that's real love. Right, right there. <laughs> and you get one of those horns. Thank you, thank you. Um, my my sleeper of the year is uh Brandon IU. Could I? Yeah, I had to really think about this one. Um, but when you look at it, you know, Brandon Ayuk is the more productive receiver right now over Debo Samuel, who was drafted dramatically higher than him. And when we look at their average points per game. There's literally only half a fantasy point separating them in PPR, of course. But um, he has been highly productive. He has been pleasantly surprising. Uh, he's, you know, gotten the praises of, you know, Kyle Shanahan, which is such a magical thing for him to have because you have to be in the goodwill 
of Kyle Shanahan in order to succeed. So yeah, you know, congratulations to to Brandon Ayuk for making it out of that hole and being the Brandon Ayuk that we we expected him to be last year. Yeah, for me, it comes down to a former Packer here. One of my favorite players in the NFL, friend of the show. I mean, we all like him. He's not really our friend back, but we'd like him to be our friend. And that's Jamal Williams. I mean, I love Jamal Williams. He's literally, I wish there's more people like Jamal Williams out there today. Now, he's going to have a solid role the rest of the season, no matter what. And I love the term flexual healing because it doesn't matter what, Swift does when he comes back. If Swift comes back 100%, if he does not, you could plug Jamal Williams into your lineup the rest of the year. He is RB14, averaging 14.7 fantasy points per game. And if you look at week nine for the Lions here, just the most recent week, Jamal Williams had 63% of the snaps, 24 carries, no targets, but 81 yards. Meanwhile, DeAndre Swift had 16% of the snaps, just two carries, four targets for 50 yards. So you can clearly see that DeAndre Swift is going to be that receiving tight back for Detroit, and Jamal Williams is going to be the guy who's running the ball between the tackles. This is something that we saw prior to Swift's injury. So this is something, there's no reason not to believe that this won't continue the rest of the year. So you're going to have yourself two solid flex options there with Swift and Jamal Williams, who you probably got Jamal Williams in rounds, what, 10, 11, probably in most drafts there. And, you know, a special shout out to another underrated wide receiver there. How about wide receiver 14 on the season, Tyler Boyd? Now, we love ourselves some Tyler Boyd on this show as well because when you play the third string there, the fiddle there in Cincinnati, you don't get the love that you deserve. It's good to get a little bit of love every once in a while, right? So now we turn our attention to from sleeper to super sleeper. Major, give us someone a little bit deeper down on those waivers, deeper down on those drafts. Maybe someone you grabbed off the waiver wire after your draft concluded. Who is that going to be there for you? I'm going to go with Miko Harmon. I thought that was going to be his breakout year when uh, when Hill got uh, traded away. But KC went out and grabbed like every receiver who was in free agency. They got Juju and, and MVS and drafted some kid. Like they had all these people. So he kind of got buried on a depth chart a little bit. But the last three weeks, he's found an, a niche in that Kansas City offense. And it's like, of all things, he's a red zone threat now, catching and running uh for five tds in the last three games in the red zone all right tara what do you got for us who's your super sleeper uh for me it's josh palmer i spoke about how i you know took josh palmer in the young you know later rounds in literally any league that i can uh he's been fantastic and i think a lot of people don't really understand just how solid that he's been because he's had a couple of games where he's been injured in the games or playing through injuries and it's kind of skewed the stats but when he's been healthy he's been a good target hog he's been productive so yeah the late round value for josh palmer has been excellent and it's probably going to continue here yeah i want to go with the good old brampton on ontario native there myself as a canadian but you know what i kind of pivoted there after you got to the show three once again first and i went with devin duvernay now obviously he didn't do a whole heck of a lot here on monday night football but Going into Monday Night Football, he was the wide receiver 35 with no Rashad Bateman the rest of the season. I think we'll receive even more Devin DuVernay. I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one or wide receiver two, but I think he's one of those guys who's going to give you some good, solid value there in your bye week, someone you can plug in your lineup and for the most part feel pretty good about. Now, the rookie of the year is always going to be a fun uh, award to hand out every year. Major, who do you got winning the rookie of the year so far through the first nine weeks? Yeah, I just tried to be a little different here because I agree with you guys where you guys went. But uh, 
I'm going to go with Brees Hall. You know, before he hit to IR with that knee injury week seven, he was coming on with big games highlighted by his week five performance when he had a total of 197 yards and a touchdown. And most of that was, you know, 100 of that was in, in the passing game. So uh, it was really sad to see him go down, but um, hopefully he can get back and, and pick up where he left off because he was really coming on. Yeah, that's a tough one to argue. I mean, if I don't, I mean, he's not going to win the rookie of the year through the full season. But when you look at the first right. nine weeks, you definitely have to put his name near the top of the list. Now, Tara, who do you got for us? Yeah, it's Kenneth Walker. Um, obviously, this would have been a fantastic battle if Brees Hall had, you know, been able to continue through the season. But Kenneth Walker, we're looking at those statistics, man. I mean, ever since he's become the RB1 of this offense, he's been a touchdown machine. Um, and the value, I mean, we're a dynasty product. The value that you were getting for where he was falling in a lot of dynasty leagues as people were, you know, disrespecting him a little bit um, has been absolutely insane. So he is my rookie of the year. One man's trash is another man's treasure. It took Rashad Penny going down to open that door up for Kenneth Walker. It's not saying that Walker wouldn't have eventually gotten that role, but I think Penny, Penny's injury definitely expedited that process. If you look at what Walker's done, and by the way, he's my rookie of the year as well so far. In the last four weeks, he has 425 rushing yards. That sits behind Travis Etienne and Derrick Henry so far. If you look at his last five games, he's got five touchdowns. So you know Kenneth Walker knows how to get to the end zone. Honorable mention, Damian Pierce, everything he's done with the Houston Texans, it cannot be understated. The Texans are a horrible team. You know they've only got a running game to work on, and yet you cannot stop it. Not even the Philadelphia Eagles were able to stop it last week. I think he busted off about 139 rushing yards against a very solid Eagles team. So something to keep in mind, showing a little bit of respect for those Houston Texans because it hasn't been a very good year out there in Houston, has it, Tara? <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> now, the next up, there's no one making a comeback in Houston, but there are some players who have made some pretty substantial comebacks so far this season. Major, who's your comeback of the player? I'm going to go with old Trevor Lawrence. Um, last season... Lawrence left GMs thinking that he was a bust, but enter a new coach, some new talent, and Trev looks like who we thought he was. Last season, he finished the whole season with 14 total touchdowns. And at the halfway mark here, he's tight that mark already. So you can see the he, he the growth, and you can see that you know the system's kind of working. They're in games now. Um, so a little bit, a little bit of excitement going on down there in Duval County. Tara, who, who's your comeback player of the year thus far? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Don't have to dive into it. We talked about it earlier. He's out there doing his best Booby Miles impression. So, yeah, this is clearly the comeback player of the year for me. And for me, I don't know if he's going to get MV, any MVP votes this season, but I think he definitely deserves them. How about we give a little bit of a love to Geno Smith? Probably a couple categories here that we've talked about that Geno Smith belongs into. He leads the NFL completion percentage, sixth in yards per 10, fourth in QBR, third in pass rating, and fourth in passing touchdowns. Yes, Geno Smith, take a bow for what you have done so far this season. Now, you call, maybe you call it a breakout, an eighth-year breakout, a seventh-year breakout. I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe we could even throw Geno Smith into this conversation. But what is the breakout player of the year for you there, the player who's outperformed that ADP major? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm going with Geno Smith. Like, all the things you said, that's pretty much what made me choose him. Um, no one thought Geno Smith of Seattle was going to be 
a deal to, to move the needle at all. But like Matt just broke down all the numbers. And I love that like ninth, tenth year breakout like we usually get. So I love Geno Smith and, and what he's doing. And it's like it doesn't look like his luck. It doesn't look he's making it look like he's been doing this his whole career is crazy. Like he's never had a glimmer of this in the past. But all of a sudden he's like Joe Montana. I don't get it. Well, I think Joe Montana would be very happy to have this next receiver that Tara is going to talk about here as far as breakout players are concerned. Uh, you know, for me, it's Chris Olave. When you were looking at him, he was one of the most NFL-ready receivers heading into the draft and literally fell into the perfect situation where he was going to become the wide receiver one of the Saints because, you know, unfortunately, Michael Thomas struggling to make it through the season. Not going to happen this year. Um, it would be so much better if it was like anyone other than Andy Dalton throwing him the ball, unfortunately. But despite that, he is still my breakout player of the year. Yeah, I really thought about putting somewhere sliding in Brian Robinson into here as comeback player of the year and this and that. I mean, the dude got shot, missed four games. Meanwhile, Michael Thomas has a toe injury and misses the entire season, So, which opens the door completely <laughs> up for Chris Olave. But that's a different show altogether. For me, my breakout player of the year, it's going to be Christian Kirk. The guy has never had a 1,000-yard season. He got a huge payday here in the offseason. And entering Monday Night Football – he was the wide receiver 10 in PPR scoring, and he's had some down weeks. Let's be honest. There's been a couple weeks where he's disappeared completely. Kirk has the 12th most targets of any pass catcher this season. That You throw Travis Kelsey in there. You can throw Austin Eckler into that conversation as well. And he's got 18 catches on 26 targets over his last three games. So for me, that's I call that a breakout for the young guy there. So let's give Christian Kirk a little bit of love too. And finally, fantasy football MVP, through the first nine weeks of the season. Major, it looks like you got yourself a double award winner. Who do you got? I'm going to go with Geno Smith again, just because he actually, I'm like undefeated in this league. I took over this, uh, you know, this orphan squad. Shout out to my guy, Rhino. He has a league where the running back, quarterbacks are not even really a position. You, if you play a quarterback, it's a super flex. So the team I adopted had no quarterbacks. And I picked up Geno out of the free agency. And I'm like 10 and one or something right now, or whatever the record is. They give like extra points for beating the scoring and all that. But with that being said, if you know me, you know, I am player first. I love players. I want players to win negotiations, life, everything. I don't care about organizations. I don't care about anything. I care about the players and the CJ No Smith do what he's doing in his late, you know, late stage of his career. Um, uh, that makes me happy inside. It makes my heart happy. Well, going from one happy heart to the next, Tara, the floor is yours. Yes, my heart mm. is oh, so no. full, so full of Austin Eckler. You guys, you know, you, Matt, you talk about, you know, such and such friend of the show. You know, Austin Eckler could legitimately be a friend of the show if you guys would just, like, pretend to be a little bit nicer to him. So, like, come on now. We could, like, you know, <laughs> have him hey, on the show. I'm with you, Austin. That's love right. Let's, let's get some good clips going. We'll be like, hey, love PPR, love Austin Eckler. Yay. Thumbs up. And we can clip that and have him on the show. Um, but I am the official Austin Eckler Stan account for the Dynasty oh, Vipers. Made another it name is, for herself. Yes, it is, is, is official. I am, you know, redraft Viper. I am PPR Viper. I am Austin Eckler Stan account Viper. So, you know, you're welcome, guys. I just love to add in these little, you know, fantastic bonuses to this wonderful wonderful podcast um overall 
RB1 Austin Eckler. Touchdown regression is a myth. It does not exist for Austin Eckler. And the sheer joy of everyone writing him off in the first few weeks, everyone, like, they thought that they were, like, winning. And like I say, thought, you know, some of those people were on the show. I'm not going to call them out by names. But everyone thought, like, oh, hey, Austin Eckler, first few weeks, he's been awful. You guys, that was his floor. That was his floor. The sheer, the sheer joy of seeing that transition to this guy who is absolutely killing it in PPR and standard leagues. Um, top five back in either one doesn't matter. Top three back in either one doesn't matter. He has been fantastic, highly productive. Um, give the man credit where he's where it's due. I mean, he's just been an absolute stud. He is the fantasy football MVP. I don't, I don't know how you can argue it, Matt. You know what? It is hard to argue. You know me. If it has Austin Eckler, I'm going to argue it one way or the other. <laughs> and I will, I will argue it even further because. Tyreek Hill has been next level. <laughs> he sits as the wide receiver one in fantasy while his teammate Jalen Waddle sits as wide receiver five. There's actually someone taking production away Amazing. from Tyreek Hill, and he's the wide receiver one, unlike Austin Eckler, who no one is even involved Great in point. that Los Angeles Chargers offense. And he's been doing this with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. They're taking turns there while Tugavaloa there missed some time. Tyreek Hill is also making NFL history. His 1,104 receiving yards are the most of any receiver ever through the first nine games of the season. We want to talk about everything that Cooper Cup did last year, and it was fantastic. Tyreek Hill is on an even better pace so far this season. If we're talking about a player who was getting legitimate MVP consideration as a wide receiver, then we have to talk about Tyreek Hill, who's doing everything Cooper Cup did, but doing it better here in 2022. Now we are going to get bold. We're going to make some bold predictions here heading off the rest of the season. Major, what is your bold prediction for the rest of 2022? It was, I could not come up with anything. So I just kind of like picked one out the air. And I see that San Francisco loves them some CMC and they're going to get him the ball every way they can. He may even start throwing touchdowns. You never know. Um, and again, like I said, the Shanahan's, they know how to scheme up things to make it work and CMC will finish as RB one. Well, I'm glad to see that you've got the number three uh, running back there as far as <laughs> fantasy points per game and the number four running back overall as a bold prediction to finish number one. Well, Tara, what do you got going for us? <laughs> mine's, mine's a little bit bolder. Um, <coughs> I, I think that uh, Justin Finn, now granted, you know what, this is super bold considering the horrible takes that people had on him, on this man um, earlier in the season. Uh, Justin Fields should finish overall as a top five quarterback. When you look at it statistically, you can literally point out the four guys that will finish ahead of him. And I think he's able to um, beat out a guy like Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray to get that number five spot. So that's my bold prediction. Number five. Again, literally. Just like major there, Justin Fields only literally has two people to get above. Now talk about the top five quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. We know Kyler Murray fades down the backstretch. It happens every year. We also know that Josh Allen could be missing some time here, so that could be opening up a little bit of an opportunity for Justin Fields. Now, if you would have said this at the beginning of the season, I would say that is absolutely bold. Like you said, Justin Fields was being disrespected off the beginning of the season. And not just and anyone who puts up their hands saying that Justin Fields was going to be a top 
10 quarterback at the beginning of the season, they're probably a liar. Let's call it the way it is. There, I can't think of anybody that believed him to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this season. Now, for me, I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. And you know how I get. I when it gets when we talk about bold, I go with the biggest and boldest type prediction. Like unrealistic, most unrealistic. It is right. bold because <laughs> a it involves Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> doing well. So right there off the get go, you know it's going to be bold. So I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo finishes as a top ten fantasy quarterback on the back end of the season here. So that's weeks ten through eighteen. Look. The 49ers' final seven contests, they involved the Los Angeles Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, New Orleans Saints, Miami Dolphins, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Washington Commanders, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a solid pass defense. The rest of these defenses are pretty questionable at best. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got Christian McCaffrey, the pass catcher. You've got Brandon Ayuk. You've got George Kittle. You've got some soft defenses. I can see how Jimmy Garoppolo could finish as a top 10 quarterback from weeks 10 through 17. Tara, put your finger down. This is not bold now that I read into it. I thought you were making it like like me and Major were doing it, like actual, like Major saying overall RB1. I'm saying an actual top five quarterback. You're saying a top 10 fantasy quarterback in five of the final contests for the 49ers. And you can literally point out exactly which one of those would be because they're horrific defenses. Those are not bold predictions. That's like logic. Like, <laughs> like yeah, Miami. Oh, yeah. I don't see. I didn't Las see you planning your flag on Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, this is not as bold as you made it out to be. That's that's super realistic. So no. <laughs> really, is it as realistic as yeah. the number seven quarterback finishing number five? Really? Yeah, because that's the that's the culmination of an entire season. You're narrowing down to the back half of an easy schedule. Like mm, with the, <laughs> the QB twenty on the season, it's still yeah. But you're giving low. yourself five five of the last final seven contests, and it's LAC, Miami, Seattle. Las Vegas, Washington. Well, taking, I can taking, point. I can. I, I can. Like I can. Rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. I didn't even mention the five of the seven contests. I said top ten from weeks nine through or weeks ten through seventeen. I took the whole five of the seven contests out of there. I said top ten from this point on in the season the rest of the year. And mine's it's the most still, bold because, like, can you catch Eckler right now? Eckler is is tearing up the league right now. So. You mine's the most bold out of all of ours, so I'm just gonna leave it at yeah. that. You know what? I'm siding with Major. Um, his is more his is bolder. It is. It's bolder. not bold. Stop it. It is. He's it's harder. Three, it's right? This is, but it's harder to which. What is harder to achieve? Is it harder to achieve? Yes. He has more competition. You're talking about targeting Jimmy Garoppolo against bad defenses. The competition doesn't exist. So. <laughs> I like how he busted you out because he thought he was slick. He thought he was so <laughs> slick when he figured that out. He was he like, oh my God. Out, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't, I had no clue. I'm so glad you caught that. Thank you. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is literally averaging like four points less per game to get to number one. Christian, Jimmy Garoppolo has gap. to average. It's not as big a gap as Jimmy Garoppolo. He has to overcome Derrick Henry. He has to overcome as top 10 the Nick rest of the Dub. season. Not really, because I'm looking. I actually have average points per game pulled up right now. He's averaging 16 uh-huh. points per game. And Tua is averaging 20 points per game on the season. Kyler's averaging 20.1. So that's a four-point difference between mm-hmm. easy top 10 finishes. So, no, 
I don't. Mm, you can't use four mm. points there, and then it's literally a four point gap for Jimmy Garoppolo. All on your head right now. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo nineteenth, nineteenth in average fantasy points per game. Sixteen, averaging right. sixteen fantasy points per game. Lamar Jackson is averaging twenty point five. That's a four point five gap. You can't use a Where four point from? gap. I'm looking I Lamar right Jackson here twenty three point zero nine. Are you looking at 6.4 passing touchdowns? I'm looking at whatever comes up for fantasy pros. See you on the wrong side. You should should look on fantasypoints.com. Where are you getting 23? Uh, Right here, right in the numbers, 23.09. I've also got 15.99 for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know where 23 is coming from. I I don't see that at all. For my guy to get top 10 the rest of the season is much more difficult than Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Christian McCaffrey moving up two spots. How many do you have Kyler Murray averaging? I have Kyler Murray averaging 20.07. You're looking from week nine or week, I mean, week eight or week nine stats. What are you looking at, Matt? I think you're looking. I'm looking at weeks one through nine right now. I have Christian at five Well, I'm not looking at one through nine. You can't look at one. Wait. wait. Why? That's what we've done. We've only played nine weeks. Time out. I don't know what kind of numbers you're making up on the side. No, I'm looking at the full season. I don't understand oh, what you're looking, looking at. PPR. Are you what looking are, at PPR? You don't need PPR for quarterbacks. I don't understand. I mean, but like, like, what are you? I don't know. For my unless stuff, you're I mean. unless it's like six point per passing touch, but even then, so like you're like Kyler Murray twenty point one. What is going on? <laughs> are you are you that's playing why, music to pull me off? That's the why. Stat Kyler Murray twenty point one. Jimmy Garoppolo six. We need to get on the same page here. It's a four point gap. Yeah. That's a four point we're, gap. We're not what even looking at the seeing? same numbers here. How is that not a four-point gap? What is Justin Fields averaging? Nineteen point zero one. So you've got like you've got some extra decimals in there. So nineteen, yeah, yeah. nineteen, nineteen to sixteen. That's a three-point gap. And Justin Fields is QB seven. So where is? Uh, help me help me understand how the four-point gap is any worse for Christian McCaffrey <laughs> than it is for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the quarterback position. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. We're talking Jimmy Garoppolo. We're, you're comparing a guy in Christian McCaffrey who's literally been the best running back when he's healthy. No, but in you're the- saying that it's you're saying it's so much easier for CMC to achieve. But Major is saying that it's more difficult for CMC to achieve the overall RB1. And if you're looking at the gap in fantasy points between him and Austin Eckler, and you look at the gap in fantasy points between Jimmy Garoppolo and guys that are in that five to 10 range right now, it's literally the same gap. So it can't be like, I, what, what, what am I missing? Have we not seen Jimmy Garoppolo through the first No, 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 but we're talking the about season? the statistics. We're not talking about the eye test. We're talking about the statistics. Of the, I'm talking like, about statistics. statistics I'm Jimmy Garoppolo is currently the QB 20 on the season. That's and even then, so you're picking, but even then, so you're picking it out and pulling it because it's an easy back half schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so. You still got to do the work. Guess what? The schedule is no. the same for Christian McCaffrey. He has the no. same schedule as no, Jimmy Garoppolo. They it's, play on no, the same man. team. It's, it's hard. The same it's harder. Schedule. For, no, man. It's harder for CMC to achieve overall RB one than it is for Jimmy Garoppolo to finish in the Hector. top ten Jason in the Hector. back half of these. Yeah, like, t- like no, <laughs> that's harder. Two spots to with the same schedule. Two spots with the same schedule. Right, but Christian you're talking about finishing in a top. No. Wait. No, I'm not going with this one. I'm not. <laughs> We're, I'll put it out there. We'll put it on our Twitter here right now. There you go. What is more likely to have? What's bolder? Jimmy Garoppolo finishing as a top 10 quarterback the back half of the season 
or Christian McCaffrey moving up two spots to be RB1 on the season. With that you can't being word said, it that it way. You cannot word it that way. That is so wrong. I'll make sure That's I clarify. Exactly what it is. I'll make this sure I'll clarify not... exactly what he's saying. That in these last seven his, games, his voice even changed. He was like, in these last seven games that are super advantageous matchups against horrific defenses, teams that Christian McCaffrey plays the same point defense. You can't some of those defenses have better rush defense than they do pass no, defense. No, they don't. They yeah, don't. they do. None of them do. None of Hold them do. They're the same defense. Arizona. Christian McCaffrey is a pass catcher on the backfield. He may lead the 49ers in Oh, now he's a pass yards. catcher. Are we making this a PPR issue? I'm is a PPR. <laughs> do we want Matt, to? I think this is a PPR issue. Now, now he's, now he's Matt, knocking you CMC cannot argue. Catching, like. you, you <laughs> can't, He's not even making any sense. Neither one of you is making any sense. The only way to make sense of this all is to head to fantasypoints.com. Today and using promo code 22 Vipers so 10. <laughs> this has been the Fantasy Points Media Group's special presentation of the Dynasty Vipers Viper Cast. Like and the, we will like see the, you guys like next week. Music. And trust me, this argument is far from over. We'll see you next time. <laughs>